0: Good morning, church family. I hope you had a good week this week. It's overcast and rainy this morning, but uh, I'm glad God's still in control. If you have your Bibles uh, with you this morning, we'll be in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. we will start reading with verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. The Word of God says this I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in body I cannot tell, or whether out of body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure, though the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should exalt above the me- above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproach, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll watch over us, that you'll lead God and direct us, that you'll watch over the ones that's in the hospital, Lord, in the nursing home. Lord, I pray that you'll watch over the ones uh, going through difficult situations. Lord, I pray that you'll watch over our church family, continue to give us strength, continue to give us hope. Uh, watch over this uh this virus going through this country. uh continue to to bless continue to direct us Lord and I I continue to thank you for everything you've done in my life in Jesus name. Amen. Now uh with the scripture today, we see uh we see something in particular that we want to uh share with the church this morning as we read this and we contemplate what's going on with Paul what he's asking what he's talking about uh, but the big thing uh, that we want to understand is that there is good news and there is bad news about prayer uh, the good news is that God answers prayer and the bad news is sometimes his answer is no we don't expect that from God We we don't expect God to tell us no we assume that he's just gonna wait around for our next request and we're entitled to receive whatever we ask i know a lot of christians are like that sometimes in my prayer life i'm like that you know god's been really good to me and a lot of my prayers have been answered but a lot of my prayers have been told no we've had some help in developing this opinion uh, sadly, some of the help that we've got to teach us to pray this way has come from the pulpit. Uh, very popular preachers bring messages of healing, happiness, uh, financial security. We, we've we got everything. In fact, there are statements that are like, God wants you to be healed and God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be successful, uh, etc. It keeps going. Uh, sadly, those things are false teachings. Imagine... How the walls come crashing down uh, when suddenly God says no. What happens then? What does one of us? Uh, ha- how how do we get out of that circumstance? Uh, uh, we consider Paul's testimony concerning a time when God told him no here, and uh, we see that. Paul had a vision. He knew a man in Christ. and The, the church at Corinth is troubled by boastful attitudes. The, the church has been uh, sort of torn apart a little bit. Boasting about one's position or relationship with Christ had become a cause of disagreement. Uh, many of the believers had worsened or, or gotten worse shape because they claimed to receive several relations from God. Uh, This boasting, this bragging, this whatever that was going on within the church between these people had divided the church into two groups. There was a group that had, and there was a group that had not. Sadly today, the church is sometimes in the same situation. But Paul uses this opportunity to teach young believers and to teach them an interesting approach. He tells of a man who had a revelation so spectacular, so amazing, it cannot be taught by anyone, <laughs> in fact, this man had inexpressible things which man is not permitted to tell. That's Paul uses this example to teach with this man had heard things as he was raptured, caught up into the third heaven, and you know, Jews believed there were several degrees of heaven exactly that Jews thought there were seven levels of heaven uh, but he explained. About certain things going on that were going on above the heavens and interestingly Paul tells this story about himself while writing in the third person indeed it is Paul who had this spectacular revelation it was not at the it was not the Damascus Road experience but another entirely separate incident this this thing this experience that Paul had could easily have puffed up Paul understand that today church Sometimes we have experiences, we have things that go on in our life, relationship with Christ, that we could brag on. I mean, we could really get puffed up and have such pride. You know, just as an example, Paul gives this. One time I remember praying for something, and it wasn't 30 to 45 seconds. I get a phone call, and my prayer is answered at 100%. And that, that, it's just, you can't explain the joy uh, that I had in my heart, in, in my life, the, the smile that went across my face when I prayed that prayer. And it, it wasn't even a minute I got a phone call uh, telling me that pretty much exactly what I would prayed for had come true. But Paul says that he, he has this thing, and he, it leads up to being puffed up. It had given him insight, given him understanding, but... We have to understand that there is a, there's a connection from this event to affliction. We have Paul's thorn. There was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Strong words from, a, from Paul. In Paul's mind, this thorn was to prevent him from becoming conceited. Or boastful about the, you know, this this great news, this this great revelation that God had given him. The details of what exactly is Paul's thorn is not described, and I'll I'll tell you, I've heard a lot of preachers try to preach it. I've heard a lot of people try to teach it a certain way. Was it a physical thing? Was it a mental thing? Was it a was it a speech impediment? Was it a king's keeping him in prison? Was it prison itself? Was it the shackles? Was it these what was this thorn in the flesh? We don't know. We won't spend in more than thirty seconds discussing it because it's not important. The details of what exactly is Paul's thorn in the flesh isn't important, but we have to know something that God said no. That was the true understanding of what Paul is trying to teach us. How do we explain Paul being told no? The greatest missionary of all time, the one that reached into a fire, got bit by a snake that was supposed to kill him, make him sick, nothing happened. The Paul, uh, hear that wonderful things happen in his life over and over and over, being blessed in missionary work. And God tells him no. The one that wrote more books in the New Testament and letters than anybody else. But God told him no. In fact, God told him no not just once, not just twice. God told him no three times. Paul, being this great missionary, is told no. We, we, we see God's actions happen on our terms. You know, on our terms, Paul is entitled to have this thorn taken away from him. Right? We think that just because of the what Paul has done, how he's living, how he's prayed, what he's done for God, he deserves in so many ways. And how many of us, when, when something bad happens in our lives, we talked about being inconvenienced last week and sometimes bad things happening, but how many times do we, we have bad things happen and we say, we don't deserve this? How many times do we see people go through difficult situations that we say, man, they're, they're so close to God. Why did this happen? How did it happen? Why? You know, some of the church at Corinth said that they had demonstrable gifts that made them better suited to represent God. Paul's thorn worked just the opposite. Though he had great visions, revelations, the power of his ministry was not in his own charisma. It was in God's power. Uh, The benefit of this is obvious. I want you to realize something today. The benefit of what is going on here with the thorn in the flesh is very obvious because man's power is limited. I can only do so much. I can't. I mean, I can't do certain things. I cannot make certain, I cannot make somebody healed. Even if I laid hands on somebody, even if I anointed them with oil and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick as the Bible teaches us, it's not the men that are laying their hands. It's not the oil being applied. It's literally obeying God and God pulling through. But God could accomplish His work and it will be both through Paul and in spite of Paul. Isn't that amazing that God can do that? That even though he's blessing us and doing it through us, he's not really doing it through us. He's doing it in spite of him. Paul's conclusion. Look at verse 10. That's why. For Christ's sake. I delight in weakness and in insults and hardships and difficult situations and persecutions. In difficulties, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Sometimes God says no. When you are weakened by his answer, he will strengthen you by his grace. It is tough to be told no. (laughs) I'm telling you, church, it's tough to be told no. No. Hardly anybody likes to, a lot of us have heard that old saying, it's better to ask forgiveness than to ask permission. And I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that with God, but we so many times, we don't want to hear the word no when we ask. We just assume it's going to be yes. When I ask my wife if I can go buy something, you know what? I just immediately assume that she's going to say yes. And I've got to where I usually don't ask her hardly anymore anyway because I know she's going to tell me no. She gives me one of those tough ones. You know what my wife does? She'll say, "Have you prayed about that and boy, i just don't I don't like that. I just I say, "Yeah, you know, I prayed about it, but we are told no so many times. Anyone can conquer doubt and anger when God says no, and here it's Paul. The relationship that Paul has with God is extraordinary. Uh, But what about us? How can we cope with disappointment when God says no to our pleas? When he he says no to our our questions? When God says no uh, to what we're asking for? Let's take a critical look at Paul's response to disappointment. You have to know... Uh, that after three times, there is a quite an amount of disappointment in, God, in, in Paul's life. Now, Paul saw his thorn in the flesh as a gift. Notice his words. There was given me a thorn in the flesh, not sent to me, not I was afflicted with. It says I was given to me. So that would not... Boast in my own power, but boast in God's power, do you consider the nos God gives us as gifts when he says no, are you hurt because you felt you were entitled to a yes? What made you think that if we were entitled to such things what would What would be the point of asking? what would be the point of prayer? What would be the point of an almighty God sitting, waiting, and, 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 and going to do certain things for us? What would be the point of asking? Paul remembered God's prior revelation. God had revealed himself many times to Paul, sharing great insight. You know, he, he told him about his character. He showed his will, showed his love. Had God never shown interest in him, Paul's response would have been different. That's not the case. Paul has a great history with God. And it talks about it in verse 2 through 4. How has God revealed himself to you in the past day, the past week, in the past month, reminding ourselves of God's character? God says no to particular request. Saying no does not reflect on our standing with God, but on our status with God. He wants us to know where we're at in our spiritual maturity. When God spoke, Paul listened. Instead of moaning loudly about God not answering his prayer in the way he had hoped he would, Paul listened closely to what was hidden in God's answer. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. If Paul only heard no, he would have missed the point of God's answer. And I have to ask you today, when God has told you no, have you ever listened beyond the no? We get mad. We do. My little old boy, sometimes I'll ask him to do things in the house. And his little smart aleck mouth will just say, no, real fast, before I even get it out of my mouth good. He's done missed what I was going to ask him to do. I may ask him to go get dressed and go to the store and play games with me. But hey, he's done ruined it now by hurrying up and and saying no and not listening. Today we have to listen to certain things going on in our lives. And once he says no, I already get mad. And I don't listen to anything he says after that. Because he's done made me mad. At times our whining is so loud, we don't hear what God is saying. My power is made perfect in weakness. Think about that. What greater promise could you receive when God says no than than my power is made perfect in weakness? Paul trusted God completely. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. God didn't say no to Paul because he didn't love him. He didn't care about his problems. He didn't care about all of his issues. He didn't care about him because he was mad at him. He said no so that Paul wouldn't fall into the same trap as everybody else. Placing too much confidence in their own abilities. while wow. <clears throat> Moving God out of the picture. Just think about this. If every time you asked God for something and he gave it to you, <clears throat> would you really think after a while that that's always God blessing you? A lot of us would think it was us a lot of a of a lot of us would think our prayer mattered that much. It made everything work. Sometimes God says no when you are weakened by his answer. He'll strengthen you by his grace. He'll strengthen you by his grace. What are you asking God to do today? Will you trust him regardless of what He says? Will you love him no matter if he tells you yes or he tells you no? And I want you to know God will tell you no more times than you'd like. I've been told no, and nobody likes it. God showed me very clearly before that what I'm asking for ain't going to work. Today, whatever you're asking for, I want you to know that it may not work to God. It may not be God's will that He should heal that person. It may not be God's will uh, that He should give you a certain amount of money. It may not be God's will that He's going to fix your car. It may not be God's will that certain things happen in your life, that this certain job that gets gets landed in your lap and it's yours. It may not be God's will that certain things happen. That relationship that you're in may not be God's will that you're in it. It may be gone next week. I'm glad that God knows better for us than we do. God's will, God's grace, God's perfection, it's in our weakness. And I think a better way to think of that word weakness that it talks about, it's not really talking, I think, always about physical you know, weakness, which is a simple way to understand it. But I think of a weakness as when you're weak, you don't have the strength to do something. You don't have the power to do something. I think a lot of our situations that we're in today, we're not exactly physically not able to do something, but we're just not able to do anything about it. There's certain things that we just we don't have any power with. We don't have any power in the courts. We don't have any power in the in the way that we do our job. We don't have any power in certain situations. I think a lot of times that weakness is what it's talking about. When you don't have any power in whatever you're doing, God can be in control. He can give you strength. God has things in control that you do not have power over, is an easy way to put that. When you can't do anything about a situation, God's in control. How many of us have had situations where we could not do anything about it? We just had to sit back and watch. That's when God's in control. I want you to know, church, I love you. I appreciate you. Those that are listening this morning, I hope that you're you're blessed in this. I hope you got something out of it. And uh, continue to, uh, I hope that you have a good day, a good Lord's Day. I hope you have a good week next week. And y'all have a great day.